Hi, this is Guy Gilchrist. I'm the guy that used to draw the Muppets comic strip, one of the co-creators of the Muppet Babies. And uh, for the last 19 years, I've been writing and drawing the Nancy comic strip. And you are listening, and I am looking at right now the guy from kind of an epic show. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. I'm not allowed to cuss in this uh, brief uh, PopCon wrap-up day two. Well, I made the mistake of of doing uh, of saying the D word during our our other Henson podcast, so we couldn't put the clean rating on it. Uh, well, no, we still that's did, okay. I no, yeah, I don't think we that. did, but you can. Yeah, you could have got away with that. Yeah, I think we just said no rating because it was just like, eh. yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, um, bearing the lead here, we have we're slowly becoming an underground Muppets podcast. I'm kind of okay with that. Are you? I like the Muppets. Yeah, me too. I really, me in, too. I, they, it's kind of inspiring to me. I think that it's a beautiful, kind of creative medium, and it's lovely to talk to the people who are responsible for bringing such joy to so many children across the world. And the only reason this is going to be so brief today, we people, had a lot more stuff. We had today. a lot more content, but we were trying out a new audio recorder because we're trying out a couple different ones since ours was stolen a month ago. Um, portable audio recorders. Um, and this one had video, and I'm lazy to import it today, so we wanted to get the. Well, I mean, we wanted to be a bit Johnny on the spot. Um, if we do our wrap ups, we yeah, actually, I want them that, that day. We've done we've done dailies up. before, but we haven't actually done any interview content or have yeah. anything up quickly. So yeah. we wanted to try something new. So this will be a uh, be a short one. Um, I'm gonna hit the theme music, and then we'll get into it. Like I was saying, um, the Dr. Claw figure, mm-hmm. I wanted to actually get this in there for whatever reason, but uh, they had a figure, and a lot of people were upset because it actually, the toy itself showed its face. How dare you reveal my identity? Wow, that's awesome. But uh, the packaging did not. I watched the show a lot as a child. They had his face covered up until you opened the package. His face was covered up on the on the packaging for the toy. I thought I found that out. I thought that was kind of neat. That marketing department was furious. No, I think that's I think that's clever. What if it was just a different character's face under each one? Hmm. I think it'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Just what, what if Claw was Inspector Gadget the whole time? Well, it was like a did, fight. Club. Did you ever Did you ever uh, hear the theories that uh, it was a like they had tried doing Inspector Gadget before and it was a messed up version of Gadget. That would make sense. Yeah, and that's why he hated oh, Inspector God, do Gadget. Oh, you remember the film? The Matthew, the Matthew Broderick one? Yeah, there was a sequel. I know there was a sequel with a uh, squinty-eyed guy from Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, yeah, I don't remember his name. Oh. That's pretty felt- good, right? Yeah, it's a it's not a visual medium though. That's I kind of wish we had the other uh, the audio recorder going right now so that it would be oh. like a vlog thing. Yeah, not in this basement. <laughs> when you do your studio thing. Yeah. At some point. At some point. 
Anyways, this is about PopCon Day 2, which was great. That was really fun. Really great. I think we'll just give a kind of a quick recap of our day, and then we will give our interview, and that'll be the end of the the episode. Yeah, um, we got a bunch of interviews done today, if you'd like to tell them, Gabe. Um, We're going to do an entire kind of musical special, because all the people who are gathered for the um, really awesome concert that they're doing. um, That we're missing. Well, yeah. Priorities, not... Um, but I don't know. But anyway, um, so we have Five Year Mission. Um, we have an exclusive acoustic recording of uh, the song, um, I believe it's I Am Mud uh, from uh, I Year I should have taken my Technodrome today. I <laughs> got it signed by Kevin Eastman and he's not ah. there anymore. Um, but uh, we didn't talk to Kevin Eastman, unfortunately. But David did Because get he some... wasn't doing interviews, unfortunately. Yeah, but you did get some stuff signed, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, and then the other. You interviews... talked to Bender. <laughs> I didn't know. Because of a Windows phone, and it had horrible quality. You just startled me. I was not prepared to have a gruff uh, robot talking to me over the phone. I just It sounded like somebody had stolen your phone. Because the way it sounds such like, a da- David can't talk to you right now. Da- David's unavailable. And then he said, bite my shiny metal ass. It was so loud where I was at. I could barely hear him. I am devastated that I didn't realize I was talking to Bender. <laughs> oh, that haunted me the rest of the day. Oh, man. I was so, because I would have been so excited about that. I love Futurama. Uh, Alright, they're going to be really confused. Anyways, I was in uh, line yeah, meeting you... John DiMaggio, and uh, we were about to take a selfie together, and Gabe called, and he, John answered the phone. He was like, hey, is this Gabriel? It was pretty funny. I mean, I gathered that it wasn't something nefarious because he knew my name and your name. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, what has happened? <laughs> Did I interrupt? I was worried like I might have interrupted like a panel or something, and that's why I texted you back immediately because your plan was to kind of go and yeah. sit and watch panels. And I assumed like something might have happened like that, or I assumed like some staffer might have actually taken your phone because you were in a panel and just like, <laughs> nope, you ain't using this for a little while, buddy. <laughs> nope. It was Bender. Mm. It was awesome. Oh, do you know what's sad? Mm. You need to bleep yourself. No, no. That's not a bad word. It's not? No. Oh, you were referring to the biblical version, obviously. You're and they say it on donkey. TV all the time. It's not censored on TV. That word's okay. You are simply referring to the burrow. Yeah, the, uh, yeah fine. The land, okay. the land animal. Because the explicit rating is only for, like... Like, curse words, like actual, like... That's a curse word, No, it's it? not. You can say it on TV. You can say you it can on say TV. certain curse words on TV. Yeah, but, For instance, heck. But, I went there. But, not enough to mark this explicit. Yeah. We're going to keep it very family-friendly today because of who we have on. So, do we do we mention who this is? No, we haven't. Um, so, the only interview that we'll be giving for you today, um, because this was um, our only audio interview as opposed to, to video. Yeah, I had to um, import all the video and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it'll be... We'll get it all in the week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we talked to Guy Gilchrist, who is the official Muppets uh, cartoonist. Um, he actually did a... Um, a cartoon in something like 600 newspapers across the world um, that he co-developed with um, with Brian and Jerry Jewell. Um, and he takes the time to go through elaborate detail what that process was like, that it took more than a year and a half of auditioning before they actually agreed to work together on the product. And they simply, simply call him up one day and they're like, so I'd like to talk to you about the first month. And he's like, the first month of what? 
<laughs> he didn't, they never told him that he had the job. So uh, I don't know. Really interesting guy. Um, a really lovely personality. And again, it's one of those interviews with the Muppet creators that we're really fond of. So yeah. Yeah, it was a very interesting conversation. I really liked, uh, really liked it. It was fun to hear, and especially since we've had so much Muppet content recently, that I think it's it's been it's nice. I think it's partly just because it's so much out there in, in popular culture, out in the ether. Yeah. I mean, it never really diminished in and of itself. But then there, after a it few, was a short while uh, after did, Gonzo yeah. in space, I think maybe I liked Muppets in space. I don't know why they get so much crap. I liked Muppets in space. I think that's a fun movie. A lot of people will knock all of the Disney um, iterations, which I think is not fair. Yeah, I don't. I don't he was either. Brian was doing something entirely different. They were not two-hour-long uh, things like the Muppet Caper. They were just kind of cheap, very funny kind of. I don't things. think they were cheap by any means. They Look were at... cheap by comparison. It was really not expensive. One thing he's I don't know, Muppet before Treasure is, Island. It's not as expensive as you would think. Mm. They made them. They made them. I'm not saying cheap isn't a bad word. Oh. I'm just saying they made them very cost effectively. Oh, I mean, okay. they they had the down to a science. So it really like they were essentially making those on a made for TV budget, and they managed to put them out in theaters. So even if they're modest box office sec- successes, really, they I were, don't think Muppet Christmas Carol would be. It looks like an expensive movie, though. That's because they're good at what they do. Right, fair, <laughs> fair enough. I don't. I mean, I don't think any of them were like approaching like a forty or fifty million dollar budget. You know, I mean, hopefully no movie back then was. Well, I mean that would be big, but I mean I'm just saying none none of them were like big, 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 um, like multi tens of millions of dollars. You know, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent. Um, I just realized how this C3PO action figure that I'm holding from the uh, Kenner toy line back in the '90s is actually pretty accurate to his range of movement for the real 3PO. <laughs> there is not much. Hmm. Sorry, a bit of a tangent. I just thought it was... Slight tangent I'll go on as well. Um, I love the connections between Star Wars and the Muppets. Um, the fact that, uh, obviously, Yoda was designed by... I guess it wasn't. that was a good segue, then. You know, I, mean, well, I mean, I'm trying to save it in some way. Uh. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the, the collaboration between George Lucas and, and the Henson Studios was a very real thing, or we wouldn't have had Yoda, and we wouldn't have had um, Brian... Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt, or Brian Froud, or any of the, the cool... Or Frank Oz, any of the cool uh, Muppet designs that... Ended up making it into the practical effects of the creatures. Now we hadn't talked about the trailer, um, the teaser trailer for episode seven yet. We haven't um, had a teaser trailer for episode the, seven. It wasn't a real teaser trailer. It was just you remember um, the J.J. Abrams and has the we practical alien. You haven't talked about it. Oh, I guess, I guess not on the episode. I just thought that that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it. You haven't. Stop playing with your action figures, David. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I can't help it. I'm holding we my Baxter he- Stockman. We can hear them over the. We can hear them over the thing. It's so? weird to hear the crinkling plastic. It's almost like so? eating noises. I, I can't help it. <laughs> can't help it. Do you have any it. turtle stuff down there? Since we you you met Eastman I've today. That, Baxter Stockman. Yeah. The fly version of Baxter Stockman. No, he's explicitly saying turtles though. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, this is the entire toy box is turtle stuff. <laughs> and you have your Technodrome over there. My turtle van over there. Not in that great a condition. My turtle blimp. You think he'd make an exception to interviews if he was getting interviewed by Krang? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe if you did the interview as Krang, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. 
Anyways, let's get back on track and do this interview. Uh, well, I mean, we were just wanting to give a recap of the day and well, then, then well, end with the Yeah, interview. that's true. So uh, is there anything else that you want to add about the experience of PopCon, um, some of the panels that you covered today? Well, I actually only re- uh, shot one panel, shot the uh, Game of Thrones panel. Um, with Hodor. Uh, with Hodor. And, uh, yeah, that was fun. That was a lot. That was, that was good. Um, after that, I listened to uh, Shepard Book's panel. Uh, I didn't actually watch it, but I listened to it because I was charging the camera. What's Shepard Book's? Shepard, Shepard Book from Firefly? Shepherd? Oh. You could have just said Ron Glass. I mean, yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't know, in that I mindset. <laughs> Ron Glass, I listened to it. And that was entertaining. Even from being kind of far away, I, I was able to still intake it. We can rate their panel set up now that we have an idea, and it's brilliant. It, it was. Um, the Sylvester McCoy one threw me off because he wasn't on stage. Which is better. No, well, it depends. I was wanting to shoot that panel, it's and I It's not better for us, but it's better as an audience member. It was brilliant. Yeah, he was walking around asking each fan the question. Like, and he got the Seventh Doctor the was walking around with the microphone ask, going up to people and asking, like... Yeah, it was awesome. It was really cool. Who was the most embarrass? What was the most embarrassing moment of your time on Doctor Who? Is it talking to you? Yeah, he was being like a, a complete like jerk at times to people, and yeah. it was great. It was hilarious. Will, will you take a selfie with me? No. Yeah. Well, he, he he wasn't taking pictures with anybody because mm-hmm. they're charging at Who North America to take pictures with him. Well, of course they are. Yeah, I know. So I mean, that makes sense. Hmm. Um. I hate that. Why? Why charge to get a, your picture taken with somebody? I mean, it would make sense if they were like printing it off, but I hate that. Even though I do it from time to time. I didn't mind the cell phone photos as long as they're cheaper. Yeah, well, they should be like then it's five dollars. Like it's like a meet and greet. Yeah, yeah, true. So like you're paying for the price of a meet and greet. Yeah, because well, uh, John DiMaggio was an extra five. His the picture was only twenty five, so it just made it thirty. So I just paid for it. And look, we got a great story out of mm. spending that extra little bit of time with him. I didn't go back for my cell phone photo with Hodor because he'd already been kind enough. Christian had been kind enough to converse with us for a while, yeah. record an intro. And give us three dollars, <laughs> right? Uh, so I was kind of, I kind of was out of it at the moment. I, to, I talked to, to him a that. little bit. I they just told me to. Uh, I, I told him I covered the panel. And they just mm-hmm. told me to reach out for him on Twitter. And yeah, you'll definitely him. be seeing that soon. Yeah, video from that soon. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but tomorrow I'm going to be covering a couple more panels. I'm going to be doing uh, the voice acting panel with with Eric and John. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. That'll be a blast. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep that clean. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if any of our listeners has listened to John DiMaggio, but he he can get pretty pretty raunchy, and it's great because he's even, doing it in voice. Even the um, even some of the posters that I thought about buying to have him sign were yeah. pretty raunchy. Yeah. Like, for instance, they were like, uh, oh, God, I'm not even going to say because we're trying to keep the clean. Right yeah, now. yeah. They were pretty terrible and awesome at the same time. I'm just saying this. It was today wasn't super crowded. No, but was it was kinda... busy. It was busy, 
but wasn't crowded. I think mm, that's great. I only had one complaint. Yeah? Um, it wasn't about PopCon. It was about the graduation that was going on at the same time. Oh, there was all kinds of things going on at the same time. Oh, it was horrible, though. Like, it was like all the students were, like, lost the ability to move. They were just like, let's all gather together in the middle of this not very large hallway. And then let's stand 16 abreast so that our parents can take photos of us at the same time. <laughs> and well, then of it's course. like, well, no, it's like, here's the thing. Take the photos outside where it's nice. Prettier? Yeah. It's prettier. I couldn't. See, you can't see two feet in front of you because of the wall of high school students. <laughs> <laughs> I, during it was funny though. Guess who I was walking in with? Huh. I was like clearing a path for um, Sammy Terry. Oh, nice. Well, son of Sammy. Yeah, son, son of Sam. Yeah, Ooh. and the son of Sammy. I know. I know. Yeah. You gotta gotta clarify on that one. Yeah, he was pretty funny. Like he's like uh, I asked him if he if he was um, son of Sammy, and he's like, Ooh, well, well, it would take the blood of Sammy Terry to put on. On this costume. My niece is coming down the stairs. Why? Why? Hey, Olivia, say hello. Come into a microphone and say hello. You've been on the show before. She did an intro for me back in the day. Say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Can you do us a favor? Will you introduce our interview? Can, can you do that? His name's Guy Gilchrist. Can can you introduce him for us? He, he co-creator of the Muppet Babies. Can can you just say that into the microphone? What's his name? Guy Gilchrist. Just come over here. Guy Gilchrist, inventor of the M- Muppet Babies. Co-creator of the Muppet Babies. Oh, co-creator of the Muppet Babies. Yeah, there we go. Aww. Aww. That's a, see, kids-friendly. That's, that's what the clean rating does to your yes. podcast. I get children on in my basement to talk. Please, I'm going to hit the space please, bar. Please hit the space bar. So, yeah, we are here at Indie PopCon um, with Guy Gilchrist, who is one of the creators of the, well, he is the creator of the uh, the Muppet Strip, which I think is is awesome. So can you talk about um, the, the creation there? I mean, uh, I read that you had just a, a really long collaboration with Jim himself on putting that uh, together. Well, what happened was uh, I got a phone call from King Features. Bill Yates was the... Uh, the editor-in-chief, this was in 1980, uh, early 1980, and they had tried out about 200 people for the strip, and Jim apparently didn't like any of them. Now, he did like, uh, he liked, I found out as time went on, he liked Marie Severin's art very much. We all like Marie Severin's art very much. But anyway, uh, King Features basically called and said, um, you know, do you know who the Muppets are? And at that time, there was no line art of the Muppets. The only line art really that existed was drawn by Michael Frith, you know, who was the creative art director, the art director at Muppets. And um, so they said, well, you know, write and draw us six strips, and we'll, you know, can you, we'll see you in a week. Well, I loved the Muppets, but finding reference was really tough. There was one Muppet Show book that was full of paintings that they had done off of still shots from the show. And that was the only thing. I, so I bought that at the bookstore, and that was it. 
and I just watched the show and try to copy what I saw. And uh, I also bought some Sesame Street stuff, figuring that the you know, construction would be about the same. Anyway, but within a week, I had the strips in. They King Features liked it, sent it over to Henson. Henson didn't see anything wrong with it. You know, weren't jumping up and down. But at the same time, uh, King had said they liked the gags, what I was writing. They said, Can, do you have any more? So I went home and drew another 20 or 30, uh, just roughly on typing paper, sent it in. Anyway, this went on for a year. And I wouldn't hear anything for months and months. And then one day, after about a year or so went by, the phone rang at my studio, and it was Jerry Jewell, the head well, writer. Like the the mothers, yeah. yeah, and uh, and and he goes, "This is Jerry Jewell," and I went, "Like Jerry, like Jewell, like J U H L, like <laughs> you have to make sure like at like the you. end of the Muppet Show, like that Jerry Jewell." And he, the guy must have been thinking, "What a rube." You know, no, I'm here uh, to sell you insurance. Right, exactly. You know, and anyway, but I, I'm like, yes, Mr. Jewell, and he goes, well, let's talk about the first month, and I'm like, the first month of what? Anyway, he says, well, did Michael call you? Did Jane call you? Did da 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 da, da ran through the litany of you know the whole list, and I said, no, sir. He says, oh, well, you have the job. I want to talk to you about the first month of the strip, and that was how it started. And uh, I met Jim about a month later. They, he took some time off. They were working on Dark Crystal, was in its infancy, and they were finishing Caper uh, the, in London. And he flew into New York to meet me. And uh, so I met him on a Saturday, was blown away. He told me, what was good about what I did, what was bad about what I did, uh, showed me how to draw Kermit by, <laughs> by holding his hand up in the air and moving it around and having me imagine what he was doing and talking to me with this, his hand. Guys, what's going through your head right there? You're like, I'm having the, the creator of the Muppets is demonstrating me how to make him look like yeah. there's a hand inside of Kermit. Well, the whole thing to me, see, God truly blessed me. There's no way... At 24 years old, I was the best guy in the world to do this strip. There's no way. And as I said, you know, Marie Severin, he really liked me. I think the only reason that I got the job was that Marie didn't write. And I did. You know, and I think that that was interesting to Jim. He liked the idea because he was a big Walt Kelly fan. And he knew that I could kind of draw like Walt Kelly a little bit, and that was what sort of sealed it, I guess. But honestly, I had no right to be there. The only reason I can think of was that it was like oxygen to me. You know, I was a huge Muppet fan. Jim was the Walt Disney of our time. Absolutely. And, uh, and there was never going to be another. I mean, we all knew what he was doing was timeless. It was epic. It was classic. It was perfect in every way. And to be in his orbit, you know, was amazing. It was just, it was absolutely amazing. The whole thing was, like I say, like oxygen to me. And uh, Jim was a, a dear, 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 sweet man, a wonderful man. The whole experience was wonderful.
Yes, um, so you worked um, pretty heavily with um, the, the Henson Company after Jim's passing, and so... No, not, are, not are, at all after his passing. I thought the Muppet Babies was that... When did the Muppet Babies no, there? the Muppet Babies was during my tenure there. That's no, so no, weird, because no, no, I feel no. like the thing... No, I, I apologize, because the thing, the reason I felt that way is because that was really my first exposure to the Muppets, so, and I'm, I'm a kid of kind of the late 80s, so I'd really just kind of as, as Jim had passed. And that was the thing that was on television for me because the Muppet Show, even though, I mean, it had been, it, may, it was in reruns maybe at that point, the, really the first time that I was exposed to those characters was those in the early 90s. And yeah. so I was thinking around that same kind of time period. So no, all that was done before no, the, Jim the, the, passed Muppet, away. No, yeah, Muppet, no, Muppet Babies, um, the, this thing that now in history they say I'm yeah. a co-creator of the Muppet Babies is, is simply because the third movie the Manhattan movie. Way before that ever came out, they did a dream sequence of the Muppet Babies that was going to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And Jim sent me a beta tape of it and with basically asking me as the guy that drew them in two dimensions every day, would you please show me what the puppets would look like as cartoons and so I drew them and you notice when I draw Kermit I have those three little yeah. lines, you know, with, uh, on the mouth. Well, you notice that the Kermit has the little lines on his mouth and the Fozzie has the little lines of it. That's because when I drew them... Hi! Can I take a break for a second? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And just said, draw your version of what they would look like in two dimensions. And as I was doing that, and I watched the sort of like they were having using their imagination, I did suggest they should have a babysitter or something. <laughs> and, uh, well, I've always seen, I don't really think of myself as an artist. I never really have. Mm -hmm. I mean, although I've certainly, you know, made my living, you know, drawing pictures, I, I tell stories is what I do. As I'm, you know, that's, I think, as I said, the reason I probably was the Muppet guy was because I could write the stuff. And so even at that very first time of looking at the characters and watching the thing, I'm trying to think of a story arc. I'm working, so... And that was all, you know, Jim was very much, you know, alive. That was, because yeah. I, I only worked for the Muppets from 1980 to, because our official launch of the strip was September of 81. And then we, uh, we, we quit the strip, we put the strip to bed in the end of May, beginning of June or something of 86, somewhere in there, uh, right around, like just after Easter or something. I know I didn't do the summer. And um, then we were doing, still doing a lot of Muppet Babies you know, toys and that kind of thing, and um, uh, and that was way before all my tiny dinos and '88 and all that. So, yeah. so that was about that time. Mm -hmm. um, I just just kind of a general question then is. How do you feel about the, the stewardship of the property since? Because um, I, I think that one of the things that that makes um, the content still so relevant is that. The love for the characters really hasn't hasn't ever diminished, and I mean now in many ways it's as much a part of popular culture or more so than it's been in in decades since really um, you were active in working on the run. I mean it just just I know as you say you're not with them presently, but just kind of in general, why do you think the characters have stuck around, and how do you feel about the the stewardship or the storytelling from from kind of the new generation of people going after the Muppets? Well, I know that Jim. I knew Jim at the uh, at uh, after I had worked for him, and I know that one of the things that Jim always really appreciated about Disney was Disney had passed away, but the characters continued on, and that was very important to Jim that the characters continue on. It wasn't his little 
little thing. It was much more meaningful and much bigger than he. And he very much wanted, you know, the, the, the whole Disney takeover thing was all happening while Jim was still alive. You know, they had the plans for the 3D movie, you know, down at the theme park and all that kind of stuff. So I think Jim would be very happy that the characters are alive, that their message of love and goofiness is still there. You know, that was the thing about all of us. We all knew that we were taking care of wonderful icons that were all made from light and love. The whole thing was light and love, you know. It was like, yeah, you know, look at Statler and Waldorf could not exist if they didn't have the place to go. They they would have no reason to live, right? You know, if you think about it, there was an, there was not one single character that ever put down another character ever ever. You know, you they know, did they get they get some lip from Miss Piggy. Ah, watch it, oh, bub. Well, oh, oh, well, oh, ego, but but she uh, but but you never got the idea that there was anything unpleasant, you know, that she oh, I mean, you know, she loved the bear. She the bear is so incredibly fragile. I mean, you know, all that would have to happen is the tiniest little anything and the bear would completely disintegrate, you know. And, of course, Piggy would never do that to the bear, you know. And, and Gonzo, no matter what you said to him, he wouldn't pay any attention anyway. You know, it's not going to get through his helmet if he's wearing one, you know. That, but that was always, um, they, you know, there's, a, there's, there's an incredible amount of love that goes into the Muppets. And I think it's still there. And I think that's why it will always be. Oh gosh, just kind of in closing, we always want to make sure that people have the opportunity to find uh, anyone who's kind enough to speak to us. So where can they find you online? Um, and just really to close, wanting to throw it to you, what, um, what is it uh, out there right now that you really want people to be aware of? Or, um, and again, where can they find you online? Uh, well, I've been doing the Nancy comic strip, writing and drawing Nancy and Sluggo for the last 19 years. And so if you go to nancyandsluggo.com, you will find me. Uh, also, if you open up your newspaper, you will probably find me. Uh, if you just type my name in, Guy Gilchrist on Twitter, you can be one of the, and I have no idea why there's about 40,000 of you that like are paying attention, but thank you. Um, I'm all over the place, like on, on, on Facebook and everywhere. And there's, uh, there's a Nancy Page. Uh, there's we have a brand new thing called Random Acts of Nancy where we're taking big Ernie Bushmiller panels and putting them out there just on their own one panel a day it's awesome and uh, so anyway you can find me there and you can write to me and go see uh, online at uh, Guy Gilchrist Guitars of Nashville on Facebook you see all these cool Muppet guitars I've been painting and fun stuff that sounds awesome, and I gotta say, it's really a pleasure to, to talk to somebody who comes from kind of the proto comics medium and where everything started. Because that's a, a big legacy of, of being here in Indiana is that we have creators like uh, Tim Daniels with uh, with Garfield or, or Jim Davis, I should say, or even going way back to like um, the guys at Purdue who did uh, oh, like oh gosh, what is it, Abner or uh, things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, and some of the other other creators that were that were here, or Ken Hubbard and people like yep. that. Mm -hmm. I mean, so all those those kind of humorous 
are a big stamp. Like, that's the one, I think, big stamp that, that Indiana ever got to leave on the comics industry. So <laughs> whenever we get to talk to somebody who we can, who I can actually relate with my, my parents and my grandparents and know that they've read your comic stuff, that's, oh, that's killer for me. So it was a real pleasure to get a well, chance to talk to you. And the fact that we can actually go and open up a, a newspaper today and find you in it. And if, and if, and if, you, don't, if you don't get newspapers and you don't find me in it, um, you know, we have 57 million readers all around the world, and the reason we do is is because of the Go Comics app. If you just if you have a if you have a phone, a laptop, whatever you got, a, a tablet, they have uh, just go Go Comics app. It's a free app. You can download it. You can read Nancy every day, Peanuts, Garfield, uh, everything, and it's all free every day. Go get it. It's awesome. You guys are, you know, anybody who loves comics, if you don't have Go Comics on your phone and stuff, why? Why would you not? I've got it on my Gmail, so it's the first thing I see if I ever go and read. Awesome. I, I get to see all the, the strips. So. <laughs> hope you hope all you kids enjoyed that one. That was Guy Gilchrist, co-creator of the Muppets. Wait a minute. Are you trying to do an impression? I, I am trying to do an impression of you, Gabriel. Chris Chris Dans was actually uh, deeply disturbed by my... my uh, Olivia, can you stop playing yet. with that, baby? Yeah. Thank you. It was I'll, coming through the, the pole and making noises in the, in the microphone. I'm not even sure who you're trying to do now, David. I don't know, Gabriel. I don't know. We should do an entire podcast with these voices. I don't think so. My cheeks start from start to hurt because I'm trying not to laugh. You're trying to do Kenneth the Page. I'll switch to Kenneth the Page if you prefer, and you can go back to Mr. Rogers. <laughs> as long as oh. I don't sound like that guy. Oh. You sound you sound like a, a child molester. No, I think I, I think I sound like Cleveland Brown, not now like you, anybody else. Now you sound like Cleveland. I actually do a really good Cleveland. Hey, I'm just wondering where the paper boy's at. I want him to bring me some good news. I think that you really should not have, not do that voice on this child friendly episode. <laughs> <laughs> Roberta. Hey, it's me again. Just calling to see where he's at. Oh, I can't finish that oh, line. I can't terrible. because the next one he curses. No, Chris, Dan you know Chris Dans does a good job. He actually does a disturbingly good job of doing that voice, if I remember. Yeah. Well, hey, we might have Chris on next week. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, gosh, we we've done a little bit of ranting, but do you want to do uh, our Twitter handles uh, in those voices? Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm out of it. I'm out of the voice. I'll do Kenneth the Page doing our. No, that's not really Kenneth. No, that doesn't sound like Kenneth. I used to be able to do him. You have to, I have to channel Bobby Jindal, who sounds <laughs> like Kenneth the Page, and then I can do the Kenneth the Page voice. Anyways, um, check back uh, tomorrow for uh, day three of PopCon. If you're listening to this tonight yeah. or in the morning, go to day three of Indie PopCon because it's been a blast. I would say that it looks like we've got a couple of different things that will be coming. Um, uh, we've got, for instance, winter. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> nicely we have, done. We have a, uh, a Game of done. Thrones special. We, we interviewed um, the Game of Thrones podcast that was there, Game of Owns. Um, it is highly explicit. Yeah. Um, I use some Westerosi words that are a little bit more common than um, in other instances. Words that are favored by the Hound. Um, we also we also did an interview with um, uh, James Cosmo way 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 back in the Wayback Machine, 
Um, we might also put some clips from the uh, Game of Thrones panels that we uh, recorded as well. Sounds so, good. So that, and we've got intros and outros from uh, Christian Nairn, uh, who plays Hodor, and um, Esme Bianco, who does Ross. Um, yep. So that was really, really... She was charming during that panel. Very charming and very lovely. You missed her at the panel. That was a little, she was, I was she actually was, interviewing the Game great. of Thrones people while it was going on. So one, they, of, one of... Okay. Right. If you, did you say you want to go to PopCon? You should go tomorrow. It's free. It's for free you. for you. You go meet so Bumblebee. If if Marissa wanted to babysit you tomorrow, <laughs> neither of us have money, so we can't buy you anything. I don't want anything. You say that now. <laughs> you say that now. Um, I still have a That's fine, but I'm broke, so I can't buy you anything. Mm. Um. I, I don't have the money to, so, <laughs> uh, so we're good, everybody. Um, anyways, yeah, now that you all know I'm broke, um, I'm David West. You can find me on Twitter at DavidWest underscore K-O-E-S. You can email us at, or well, you can email me at DavidWest at kindofepicshow.com. Mm-hmm. And you can also find me on Facebook. And uh, I'm also on Facebook. Um, we can You can find me at uh, Gabriel Canada, uh, Gabriel with an A on Twitter, and you can find us at Kind of Epic Show. Um, kind of Epic Show will also, kindofepicshow.com will redirect you to our page on Sequel Buzz. A big announcement with that pending soon, so. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, much more explicit content to come. Yes. Um, this but also is, some kid-friendly you know, stuff. I, 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 I think this was good that this episode was kid-friendly because we're making up for what will come next. I, I blame Ben Templesmith. Alright. Holy. For, for his influence upon us. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we w- wish you guys the best. Hope um, We want to say again a big thank you to Indie PopCon, and uh, beyond that, just hit the space button. Oh, well, and uh, I want to thank Nerd Management yet again for holding all my sh- uh, <laughs> holding all my stuff today. You had shiitake mushrooms? Yes, I did. I it? did. For holding my stuff today. Um, thanks, guys. And go see them if you're there tomorrow. They're great guys. We interviewed them as well, or I say we no, I, I no, I, I told them I was like, hey guys, go ahead and do this little pitch for yourself, and I'll just give you the footage. Yeah. So, that's for them. Mugging so, for the cameras. Yep. I was there and I was bored because I was waiting on you. Mm-hmm. So, I like that voice. What was that voice I just did? Do it again. I don't know if I can. Now I'm on the spot. I can't do it. I got stuck in a voice once when. I was riding in the car with Marissa. I got stuck yeah. in a voice. I could not get out of it to save my life. I compulsively did voices when I was in middle school. Yeah. Um, I had a I had a, a date, and unfortunately, I'd come up with this character. You you did you did a character during a date. Well, I was no actually, wonder you're well, no, single. No, 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 no. This is this is a long time ago. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, hold on, hold it's, on. It's translated. There's, there's a context. Down there's the a context. Road. The the story sounds better than that. Uh, the, I it, the problem it was a dance I'd gotten we were doing the the school dance. You're making this any better? No, 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 no. You were in a character at a dance. The character, the, the character was Julio Alejandro de la Vegas. Uh, for, no, no, no. For, we're stopping for, right for now. For an exchange character I, from. Hey listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song Zombie Kids. 
If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. All right, peace out, everyone. Keep listening.